In marketing, and particularly with creative ideas, it's important to bring simplicity to your messaging. If your messaging is too complicated, you're not going to get the point across. You, know, you get you know, seconds or microseconds to really convey something to somebody. Um, so the simpler you can make it, the stronger that message becomes. Having that principle in the back of your mind every time we review creative or ads that we're going to use or publish or run, you always have to take a step back and look at it and, and try and think of it from a different angle. Marketing and advertising in this whole arena, that's really at the essence of, of good creative and good marketing. Welcome to episode 105 of Be The Drop, a weekly podcast that helps you become a top communicator by sharing stories from people who are influential in their field. I'm Amelia Veal, Director at Narrative Marketing and firm believer in the superpower of storytelling. Understanding and delivering successful web marketing has become increasingly important in business. To find out more about how businesses are extending their leadership in this area, I sat down with Alex Council, the Web Marketing Manager at Le Cordon Bleu. Alex is an advertising and marketing professional with over 20 years experience in agencies and big brand corporate marketing teams. After a career in London, he moved to Australia and has since helped some of Australia's biggest brands optimise their digital sales and marketing strategies, including C-Link Travel Group, Le Cordon Bleu and Bunnings. In today's episode of Be The Drop, Alex discusses how digital advertising has evolved and the critical importance of integrating your advertising messages into your organic content. Alex also shares a truckload of valuable advice and tips on how to be successful in marketing. This is Alex's version of Be The Drop. Do you want more communication insights? Then jump onto Facebook and join me and my community of brand storytelling superheroes. It's absolutely free to join and we provide a supportive space as well as a range of helpful storytelling resources. So if this sounds like your kind of group, head over to Facebook and join the brand storytelling superheroes. Alex, thank you so much for joining me for our next episode of Be The Drop. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here at Le Cordon Bleu. Now, did I say that right? Because we are having conversation internally before. What is the pronunciation? It is Le Cordon Bleu. So it's French for blue. It's yeah. the blue ribbon. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Now, to get us started, you've got your items of significance here. I do, yes. And you're going to tell us about them, how that connects you with your community. I will, yeah. Um, I've got three books with me today, but there's one topic, and all the books are a little bit different. I've actually got a book on Porsches, and I've got a book on Apple design, so Apple computer and their design history and their language. And I've got a very popular book, which I hope a lot of people have read, which is Marie Kondo's The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, which has been a bit of a revolution in book sales recently. And the reason I picked those three books is the thread that connects them, and that is minimalism and simplicity. So what I liked when I was growing up was the simplicity of Porsche and the 911 in the 80s, and, and, it, and it sort of did what it was supposed to do without being overcomplicated like a Ferrari. And then again, I think the essence of good design and, the, and Johnny Ive at Apple and what they do is they find the simplicity in the design. So it's almost like sculpture. So you start with a sculpture and the, and the, and, and the sort of 
it's in there somewhere and you just take away all the parts and what you're left with is the design and that's and that's true in design and it's true in marketing and messaging and things like that so you start with something complicated in design and you take everything away and what you're left with is the essence of that and that is what makes good creative so simpler is always better you reduce 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 less is more and that's the essence of design and then I think Marie Kondo's book which has been a really big success and I read recently um, is about how to be minimalist within your life and she has a lot of really great techniques about letting go of things and, and how to understand the, the purpose and the reasoning behind emotional attachment to possessions but I think living simply, operating simply and being minimalist is a really good approach to life especially in a modern consumer age where it's so easy to accrue so many possessions and spend so much money we need to be conscious of what we're buying and why we're buying it so for me that is minimalism and that simplicity is a guiding principle for um, my life and my work as well I think. Oh fantastic can you then explain to me how that weaves into what you're doing here with you because your focus is website marketing Yes. And how yeah. do you bring that into your application at work? In marketing and particularly with creative ideas, it's important to bring simplicity to your messaging. If your messaging is too complicated, you're not going to get the point across. You, know, you get, depending on who you read and who you listen to, but you get you know, seconds or microseconds to really convey something to somebody. Um, so the simpler you can make it, the stronger that message becomes. It, it just and that amplifies. You know, it's more powerful. The easier it is to recognise and, and process by somebody, the more powerful that is, and the more likely it is to stay with them. Having that principle in the back of your mind every time we review creative or ads that we're going to use or publish or run, you always have to take a step back and look at it and, and try and think of it from a different angle. Um, and review it differently and, you, and obviously you're often dealing with a designer or someone that's worked on that and it's their baby but the, the point of good art direction is to sort of communicate back to the designer about what maybe they do need to take away and refresh it and how you do that so mm. um, it is in marketing and advertising and this whole arena that's really at the essence of, of good creative and good marketing. Thinking about that concept around minimalism and mm. messaging how have you seen that change over time within marketing? One really good, I think one really good example of that is what we've seen, if we talk specifically about digital advertising, we've, we've seen this in website design particularly, and if you look at the early days of the internet and how websites have evolved, the design language of that medium has evolved and changed and grown. And they were often very busy. You might go to a site, and you still do, unfortunately, if you don't have an ad blocker, but you'll go to a site and there'll just be so much content and flashing things. And back in the days of Flash, particularly, where you would have animated graphics on websites, um, sort of pre-iPhone time, the web was an absolute nightmare once it began to be monetized through advertising. Now, better websites and better advertising platforms have learned the simplicity, and we're now integrating messaging with the content of the websites as well. Um, particularly, we're working with Year 13 at the moment, which is a website for school leavers. Um, and the way they operate isn't just to run sort of banner advertising from anybody. It's much more integrated with the provider. So our messaging is combined with the way they communicate to their audience as well. So I think that's one way where that design language and communication language has begun to understand and apply those ideas of simplicity. I'm just going to look this up because I've read something on your LinkedIn. Hang mm -hmm. on. According to your LinkedIn summary, you're featured by the BBC as an expert on the future of online economic disruption trends and the internet. Yes. I worked in London for many years. Um, in the 90s, I moved into Australia in 2001. And I used to work for Apple for a brief while, and then I worked for an Apple reseller in London. This was around the dawn of the internet. So I would say the internet, we're looking at maybe 1998, 
early 99 maybe. And we were running a trade show and we were promoting Apple's uh, solution for developing for the web, um, which was pretty rudimentary in those days. Um, the BBC were there um, and they were interviewing people and they interviewed me. Um, and there is a funny story around this. So they interviewed me and I sort of waxed lyrical about the future of the internet and in quite a lengthy interview how the internet was going to be an equaliser and how you could build your own website and promote commerce to you know your customers and you and you could do more with your marketing against the sort of bigger players in your industry and all these sorts of things and I talked about that and they went away and, and that was great and I thought oh, that was good you know I talked to the BBC and um, and then a few years later I was googling myself and my name came up and I was on the BBC website and there's this feature thing and there's all these quotes about me and the future of the internet from the BBC so that's kind of like it, it, it's kind of interesting how you sort of do these things and then suddenly they surface on the internet years later and they're still there. I looked at those things and I thought, yeah, it was quite prescient, but I was wrong in many ways because these days it's very easy just to get rolled over by the likes of Amazon or mm. in whatever space you're in. Mm. There's so much marketing dollars um, that it really is. The, the internet isn't the wild west that it was back then. Yeah. Um, and now to actually get a foothold on the internet on any platform is, is difficult and expensive as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was um, a funny story and um, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, I love it. Okay, so with Be The Drop, we're investigating around being a communicator of influence. You know, and another word, the marketing terminology we use is that thought leader. Have you got advice around, you know, or experience yourself in some of the ways that have really helped you develop, you know, being a, a communicator of influence? Um, say yes to networking opportunities, I think, in this context. If you want to be an influencer in your industry, you've got to be out there and influencing. And you've also got to know, sometimes you have to give things away for free. You've got to be the most valuable person in the room. Um, so you need to sort of say yes to networking opportunities. You need to be there. And if someone asks for your advice, give them the very best advice you can um, and give it away freely. Be the most valuable point in the chain. That's how you influence people. You need to be there and you need to be positive. One of the things that holds people back in, in that being an, you know, a communicator of influencer is this fear that they need to be an expert in these things. Yeah. Sometimes people will ask you for advice about something and it's not necessarily they're looking for you to give them the solution. They just need to express themselves and sort of talk through what they're thinking. Mm. And your position as a mentor or someone in a position of advice um, could just be to listen and bounce back what they're saying in a different way so that it frames their mind differently to allow them to think about it differently. Mm. So you don't, as you say, you don't always have to be an expert and nobody is and anyone that claims to be is probably a liar. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do the power round then. Okay. So here's your power round. In 30 seconds or less, we need um, Alex's top business advice. I'm gonna say patience. Um, I think things take longer than you think and then they happen suddenly. Um, I think be patient, wait for things to come to you, um, choose your moments. If you want to influence change in something, you have to wait for the conversation, move to you and then be ready and pick your moment. If you want to change something operationally in your business or with your manager, wait for them to come to you, be patient, things take longer than you think and then they happen overnight. Fantastic advice and I think that you said there things take longer than you think. Mm. You know I know that you know I running my own small business, building relationships, building business like it's it's constantly it's a really it's a long process because trust isn't something and, and relationships isn't something that happens quickly. No. You know, so it, I can certainly relate to that bit of advice. All right, then our next question for our second power round is your biggest challenge in business um, and how you overcome it, came it. So 
The biggest challenge we had, and I'm going to cheat a little bit, the biggest challenge that I faced um, was also the easiest. Um, my wife and I bought a flagging accommodation business and we turned that around and, and sort of 5x'd the revenue in two years. It was the biggest challenge we had, but it was so energising and we were so enthusiastic, it was also the easiest in many ways. Um, so the takeout from that is, when you're really enthusiastic and you see the rewards of what you're doing, really challenging things um, don't seem as challenging at the time. When you mm. look back on them, you think, geez, I accomplished all of that. Mm. You know, it takes you longer than you think, as I say, but, um, but yeah, switching gears into another industry, um, that's challenging, learning all those new things. But, but again, having an advertising and marketing background, any business you're in, you've got those business fundamentals there mm. and you can make it work and you know how to sell anything if you have those skills. They're mm. really important. Take the skills you do have and learn what you need. Exactly, <laughs> yes. That's a much better way of putting it, yeah. <laughs> You'll figure it out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so and I have asked you to bring some stories for me as well. Yes. I'm just yeah. going to come back to that. So I want you to tell me a story about how you learned a key lesson and what you've learned from that. When I was a kid at school, I was... Dreadful. Um, I would start really well and everything would be great and I'd be getting A's and I was always really good and everyone, he's so bright, he's excellent, and then it would just tank, it would just go, I'd go off the rails. All of my friends, they went off and got degrees and the doctors and their lawyers and all sorts of things. Um, and I never did, but fortunately I was able to go into advertising. And eventually, through my research and things, I spoke to my doctor and they referred me to a neurologist. He said, well, I think you've probably got ADHD. And for me, that was a light bulb moment because it suddenly made sense. I'd been blaming myself and thinking really badly about why I couldn't achieve those things that I wanted to. And it helped me feel confident about that against what people told me that I should have been doing. But you should really know your own mind and have confidence in yourself to pursue it. And if you fail, you fail, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but really follow your heart and know, and try and know who you are. Oh, yeah. Fantastic, well thank you for sharing <laughs> both right. your story and that <laughs> advice. I mean, and for me that resonates so strongly because Be The Drop is all about the waterfall begins with one drop. It's important to just keep doing it. That's right. You've got to be persistent, right? Yeah, you have to keep good. going. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. Okay, coming back to Le Cordon Bleu, where you're marketing here, what are the prime areas that you're, you know, or prime platforms of communication strategies that you're using here, you know, to really build your community and, and drive the business sales? We get a lot of international students, um, and anyone involved in the education industry will be fully aware that inbound students um, into Australia is a huge part of the economy. And for that, Le Cordon Bleu being an international business, we have a really strong advantage. We're able to engage quality overseas agents to operate on our behalf um, and sort of present and sell our courses. So that's a really strong benefit that Le Cordon Bleu actually has. That, that word of mouth that comes from that really first first-rate experience is always important and is really good for us. So that, from a marketing perspective, um, is foundational. Our traditional advertising has dropped back. We are much more geared towards digitally now. Um, maybe sort of 70% of the budget is digital. Um, we do a lot of Facebook, um, we do a lot of Google AdWords, um, but we look at other platforms. I mentioned year 13 earlier. We are always sort of cognizant of the changing expectations of that sort of youth market post year 12. Le Cordon Bleu is a very traditional brand and we've been around since the late 1800s. And we have a very uh, sort of premium sort of education experience that we offer um, and we need to communicate that to the students. But we also use partners like Year 13 that connect to the students in a different way through a different branding. And so we use them to communicate the benefits of Le Cordon Bleu 
um, in different ways that perhaps doesn't necessarily come through immediately through our traditional brand values. So we look at partners that can, we can engage with and operate with that sort of adds to the overall sort of marketing mix that we have. So you were saying 70% digital marketing yes. now? Yes, yeah, and, so, and where's the majority of that? The majority, 60% is Google AdWords into the Google platform um, and that's uh, mostly search with some sort of display, advertising and remarketing and then the remainder of that um, is split between Facebook and other partners that we use. Mm. Yeah. So we advertise on Reddit and Twitter um, and Facebook. Um, LinkedIn as well is a big one for, for our degree courses so or our master's degrees. LinkedIn is a good platform for that. Mm. Um, but for the school leavers and sort of um, graduate programs, mm. maybe Facebook's a better sort of social media platform. Mm. Um, so it's quite a broad mix that you're talking about. And you yeah. mentioned earlier the importance of integration and making sure that you've got all of those talking together. Yeah. How do you sort of go about managing that? It's difficult. There are no easy solutions. Um, there's a lot of platforms that will connect all of these services and offer you a sort of dashboard and give you all these metrics and things like that. That can get really overwhelming. When you're in a larger organisation um, and, and people in sort of bigger organisations will know this and anyone listening to this that's sort of coming up in the organisation, Understanding how to report to senior management or your board is really important skill for people to have. So understand how to sort of evaluate all the platforms you're on and then communicate that through your reporting is a really fundamental way to understand it. And although you're reporting to somebody else, the act of reporting, you going through that process allows you to understand it because you've got to reduce it down and distill it into a message that can be understood by non-technical people or people that are not familiar with marketing, advertising, or those platforms. So for me, um, I keep and maintain regular spreadsheets of our budgets, the platforms we're on, the campaigns we have running. It's very manual. Um, I could find other platforms to do it, but I like the manual process because it forces me to actually audit everything manually in my mind and check everything. Um, and then I've got the data there and it's ready for the reports and I know exactly what's happening day to day. Mm, I think that is such good advice because marketing, sometimes we get so caught up in our own language, our own space, that then re-communicating that to the key decision makers within the business, you know, we try and use terminology that we use, we're familiar with. I think marketers are terrible for their, our yeah. use of jargon. <laughs> um, but it's also, I actually have found since trying to reduce my jargon that it's kind of hard to sometimes explain stuff. Without yeah. it, you know, we're talking about SEO and things like that, and it's like, oh, right, that's right. Okay, how do we explain that yeah. in a context that out is outside of marketing? Do you have any advice around that? How do you do it? I, analogies are good in your in in your mind. Don't worry about the too much the differences between technical things. So suppose you're trying to explain Google AdWords to somebody, right? And you've got users and you've got sessions which are very similar when you look at them, but they're technically very different, right? Someone you're reporting to doesn't really need to know. What they're looking for is trends. So if you say to somebody, our sessions are up, and they say, well, what's a session? And you say, oh, and you can say to them, it's just the same of you, it's the same as users for the purposes of this report. So don't get too bogged down in the subtle differences between different types of things. Um, try and explain it in a very high level way for people that they can understand because they're looking for insights. They're looking for actionable insights. So when you explain something to somebody, simplify it, give them the fundamentals and give them an insight that they can then make a decision about. Uh, that's what whether your clients or your management team are looking for. That's, that's I think, how to approach it.
Mm, fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with me, Alex. In conclusion, though, I haven't quite let you off the hook just yet. <laughs> Can you share with me your be the drop tip? And that is how to be a communicator of influence. I'm going to say, learn when and how to say no. Brilliant. Okay, I love that as a tip. Can you expand? It comes back to the persistence thing. When you are a very competent and capable person, particularly maybe if you're in digital marketing, for instance, you tend to know a lot about the technology, you know a lot about advertising, you understand business fundamentals. You find yourself in positions where you can do a lot of things and it's very easy to get roped into things outside of your job description or outside of the focus of your business. So you've got to learn to say no and you have to learn to say no in a nice way and not offend people. Mm. A repeat of that, the theme of being focused and being yeah. patient. It is. And this is another thing, the, the patience included with that is yeah. to say no. Someone said to me once, you know, if you say um, yes to something, you're saying no to something else. So you've got to be picky mm. and know what you're actually That's saying. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. You know, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well done. Thanks so much for joining you're me. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. <laughs>